Adam's lesson, be standing. Martha stood up and said, you mean we have a choice? I said, you don't, but everybody else does. I'm glad you chose to stay in the auditorium this morning. Uh, good morning. Welcome. Glad you're here. If you are a guest of ours, we are especially glad that you're here. How are we doing with PowerPoint? Is it going to work? I really hope it's going to work today. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Ask and you shall receive. I heard a story about a, a little girl, about seven or eight years old, who was talking to her great-grandmother one afternoon. And of course, her great-grandmother was pretty gray and had some wrinkles and a little bit stooped, had a cane. And the little girl said, Nana, are, are you an old lady? And her great-grandmother sort of smiled and said, no, not exactly, but I will tell you this. I've been young for a very, very long time. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Uh, you'll notice the title to uh, our lesson this morning is The Home Stretch. And while we are in the home stretch of this series that we've been in on family, that title actually refers to the stage of life that we're going to talk about uh, this morning, that season of life that uh, you know, maybe we could call the, the home stretch. You know, old age is a strange thing. Very few people actually think of themselves as being old. If I were to ask you how many of you are old, probably most of you would, would say, I'm not old. Personally, I've always seen old age as 20 years older than me. Now, when I was a teenager, 40 was ancient. And I was in my 40s, and that, it was the 50-year-olds who were old. Now I'm in my 50s, and I've got to tell you, 50 is not that old. But whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, every single one of us is getting older. Every time you go to bed and wake up, every chime of the grandfather clock kind of reminds us that we are right now older than we've ever been before, but we're not as old as we're going to be. Now, I've come to the conclusion that everybody wants to live a long time, but nobody wants to get old. And that's kind of a strange thing because the Bible says that growing old is actually a good thing. The Bible says that growing old is something to look forward to, not to dread. In Deuteronomy, Moses is telling his people how, uh, how they're going to have to live when they get into the promised land, how they're going to have to behave and, and act and be pleasing to God. And he says this in Deuteronomy 32, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. Moses tells the Israelites, if you're going to live faithfully in this new land, you're going to need to let older people tell you their stories. And you're going to have to listen to what older people know and what older people share. Or you go to the book of Leviticus, chapter 19. In Leviticus 19, there's this pretty long list of seemingly unrelated commandments about the ways to treat people. And it talks about ways to treat the poor, ways to treat employees, ways to treat the blind or the lame or, or immigrants. And then in the middle of that, uh, all those commandments, you get this in, in verse 32. Rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly. Revere your God. I am the Lord. In Leviticus, showing respect for the elderly is directly linked to revering God. 
So in the middle of this chapter that talks about how to deal with vulnerable people, we're told to rise in the presence of the aged. Because in a lot of ways, you know, older people are vulnerable. They're vulnerable physically. They're vulnerable in that, that people often take advantage of them. So Leviticus reveals, I think, in a lot of ways, the heart of God. And God wants us to be sure that we know that older people matter. That older people are important. They deserve our respect. Or Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. A favorite verse of anyone who's lived through the Reagan administration. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained by a righteous life. That verse is so poetic. It's beautiful, isn't it? Gray hair is a crown of splendor. Side note here, which actually has nothing to do with the lesson. You know what the Bible says about old bald men? <laughs> Leviticus says that if your head is bald, you're clean. But that doesn't sound very romantic to me. I do like the, the, the story of the 42 young people that were mocking Elisha as he was going up to Bethel. That's a good story. Go up, old Baldy, go up, old Baldy. And Elisha calls down a curse and two bears come out and kill the 42 kids. It's in, you guys got to read your Bible. It's in there. It's fascinating stuff. Which, of course, reiterates the point that you need to show old people respect. And I think that is actually saying you need to show old bald people probably more respect so, but seriously, all through Scripture, old age is revered. Isaac, for example, was 180 years old when he died. Abraham, about 175. Jacob, 147. Sarah, 137. All these giants of Hebrew history lived very long, very effective lives uh, in, in service of their God. The Bible has always lifted up the aged always said that we are to respect those who are older. But that's not the message of our culture, is it? The message of our culture really is just the opposite. That the older you get, the less important you get. We sort of worship youth in America. And older people seem to get discarded. The older you become, the less valued you are. The less listened to you're going to be, the less honored you're going to feel. A pretty famous developmental psychologist named Eric Erickson has written extensively about different life stages. And the life stage that we are talking about this morning, he describes as late, late adulthood. And he talks about attention, a crisis that occurs in every single life stage. And in a stage of late, late adulthood, he, he identifies the crisis or the tension as integrity versus despair. And what he means by that is you get to that stage of life and you look back on your life and you either look back with integrity, kind of thinking, okay, my life was well lived and my life had purpose and my life had meaning and there's integrity in that stage of life or for an awful lot of people there's despair in that stage of life that you start thinking, my life has not been very well lived, and you have all these regrets and things you wish, you, wish you'd have done differently, and, and you just feel like, like there's uh, despair. So the question becomes, how do we live our lives now so that when we get into that stage of life, we can look back with integrity? Or if you're in that stage of life, 
How do you live so that you can feel like you have a life of integrity? So this morning I want to talk to two groups of people. I want to talk to those of you who are in that season of life, that late, late adulthood. And then I want to talk to the rest of us as well. You notice I'm putting myself in that second category. Uh, but I want to talk to, to both groups of people. Because one day all of us are going to be, Lord willing, in that late, late adulthood stage. So first I want to talk to everyone else. Some things that, um, things that we need to do. And things that we need to be aware of. And we've already brushed up against this already, but I want to be sure and say it and so you, you don't mistake what I'm saying. We are to respect the elderly. In fact, the elderly should be able to expect our respect. And I know that sounds really nebulous. And I think, well, what, what does that even mean? What's that look like in real life? How does that play out? You know, who are the elderly? Well, here's a place to, to maybe start. If someone has been a Christian longer than you've been alive, we need to start in a place of respect. If someone has been working in the kingdom longer than you have been alive, we need to begin in a place of respect. And by the way, I think Bay Area does a pretty good job of this. We have been blessed for a long time with brothers and sisters who have worked in the kingdom for decade after decade after decade very faithfully, sometimes very quietly, working in the vineyard. And they deserve our respect. And that doesn't mean that they're always right and you're always wrong. That doesn't mean that young people don't have a voice at the table. That just means that they deserve our respect. That if someone has gone through life stages and gone through the things that they have gone through, endured things that they have endured, learned things that they have learned, then they deserve our respect. I'd also say that we need to minister with them and not just to them. Let me tell you something else I think is pretty unique about Bay Area. For as long as I can remember, some of our oldest members have been some of our busiest members. We need to minister with them, to learn from them, to heed their advice. I love the story in the Old Testament of Caleb. As a young man, he's chosen to be one of the spies to enter the promised land, and he and Joshua come back and say, we can take the land. God's promised it to us, and of course no one really agrees with the two of them. So they don't take the land at that time. Forty-five years later, Joshua finds himself back in the, at the Jordan crossing into the promised land. He's not a young man anymore. As Brother Leroy would say, he's the oldest rat in the barn. But he tells Joshua, I can still do now what I did then. I am as strong now and as capable now as I was 45 years ago. And then he makes that great, beautiful request of Joshua, give me this mountain. I know it's the high ground. I know there's fortified cities. I know there's giants. I'm 85 years old. But give me this mountain. With God's help, I'll drive the enemy out. And of course, we know that he did. Those of you who are older, you ready for a new challenge? At 85 years of age, you ready to make one more run at the enemy? Caleb was. 
What mountain does God want you to take? What mountain does God want you to climb? Have you ever prayed, God, keep me alive until I can do, you know, fill in the blank? There's a, there's a very touching poem that has a reoccurring stanza that says, I shall grow old perhaps, but not today. I shall grow old perhaps, but not today. And the poet's message there is, there's just too many things to do. I'm too busy to let age get in the way. And I'm convinced that our bodies and our minds and our spirits don't need ease and don't need comfort. We need a challenge. We're wired that way to respond to challenges. Our older brothers and sisters are still rising to challenges and we need to help them. We need to administer to them. We've got so many brothers and sisters here that still have the same motivation, the same passion, the same focus, the same work ethic, the same drive, the same faith that God will use them in amazing ways as they had maybe 40 years ago. And I stand back and, and I look and I kind of shake my head and say, they may grow old perhaps, but not today. That's who I want to be when I grow up. But of course, bodies do wear out. We do slow down. People do get old. And when they do, we need to show the love of Jesus in our caregiving. We need to show the love of Jesus as we care for our older brothers and sisters. And many of you are doing that right now and have done that for a very long time. And you are doing such a remarkable job of showing honor and, and care and providing for an elderly parent or grandparent or spouse. You're showing extraordinary measures of love and compassion and patience. And you're doing it in ways that are very costly in terms of time and effort and money. And let me tell you, it's the right thing to do. You are doing the right thing. You have no idea how happy you make the heart of the Savior when you show that kind of love and attention to older people. You will not regret what you're doing in your caregiving. And again, you know, I kind of stand back and watch. And I say, that's love. That's what love looks like. That's what love does. And I hope someday I have people that love me that way. We need to show our elderly the love of Jesus. Now, let me turn for just a minute and talk to those of you who are in this stage of life. Those of you who are in this late, late adulthood. Here's some things that we need from you. First, we need you to teach us how to better love God. Which is do. When I talk to people who have been working in the kingdom longer than I've been alive, what I usually find are brothers and sisters who have a, a perspective, who have experiences, who have a depth that I haven't reached yet. I love God. We all love God, but we haven't seen what you've seen. And we haven't lived through what you've lived through. We haven't experienced the things that you've experienced. You know, the best way to know what's at the end of a road is 
Ask someone who's walking back, right? I'll take you back to Joshua. They're crossing the Jordan River. You know, the, the waters are, are, are parted and they're going through and, and they're told to do a very odd thing. They're told to pick up some stones from the, the riverbed there and to make a monument on the shore. We read about it in chapter 4, verse 6. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a permanent memorial among the people of Israel. God said, I want you to tell the next generation what I did for you. I want you to tell the next generation how I took care of you, how I delivered you. Tell the next generation your God story, which is my next point. Grandparents, great-grandparents, we need you to tell us your God story. We need to hear your faith story. You need to share your memories with us, your struggles, your victories, yeah, your defeats as well. We need to hear your faith story. Psalm 71 says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Tell us how God's been faithful to you through the years. Use those examples to encourage the rest of us. We need your perspective on things. We need your perspective on suffering. We need your perspective on, on victories. You've lived through the best of times and, and the worst of times. And it's one thing for us to intellectually understand, yes, it can be done to live this life faithful to the Lord, but there is something really, really powerful about talking to someone who's done it. There's something so powerful in a testimony, and I don't think we do it enough. We certainly don't do it enough with those people that we need to be listening to. We need that encouragement. And then finally, and I don't mean this to sound morbid in, in any way, but we need you to show us how to live that last chapter. You know, when we're young, we feel like we're pretty bulletproof. As if every day and every year and every uh, decade is just kind of taken for granted and, and just sort of assume that that's going to happen. We need to be paying attention to people who don't live their lives that way. Who realize that every day is a gift. That every moment is a time to be able to, to do something for the Lord. To walk faithfully with God in those twilight years. God says this in the book of Isaiah. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am He. I am He who will, who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Thank you for modeling that for us. For modeling the assurance and the faith that God has sustained you. That God has carried you. That God has rescued you even to your old age. This morning I'm going to wrap up by practicing what we read in that uh, scripture in Leviticus about rising in the presence of the aged. And we do this from time to time. We probably don't do it enough. But it's very biblical. 
We've done this for students. We've done this, I think, for mothers and some other times. But this morning, I want to share a blessing on our older members here at Bay Area. So I'm going to ask if you are not in that stage of life, that late, late adulthood, I'm going to ask you in just a minute if you would stand. And by the way, I'm not putting an age on this. I'm not going to tell you who is in that stage. If you're like, I'm fighting it, that's not me yet, more power to you. I'm with you. But if you realize this is the season of life that I'm in, I am in this season of late, late adulthood, I'm going to ask that you remain seated and then the rest of us, go ahead and be standing. We're going to do something this morning. There's going to be some words on a screen right here. And I'm going to ask that you would read the words in yellow with me. I'm going to read the rest of the words, but I'm going to ask that you read the words in yellow with me. We're going to pronounce a blessing. May the Lord bless you, you who have reached old age. May he make his face to shine upon you. Your days of faithfulness have not been in vain. We will not forget. Your acts of service have not gone unnoticed. We will not forget. Your endurance in the midst of suffering has sustained us. Your joy in the midst of hardship has inspired us. We will not forget. Those who feel lonely, lift up your eyes to the God who is present. Those who grieve the loss of spouse or family or friends, lift up your eyes to the Lord who gives comfort. To those whose health is failing, lift up your eyes to the Lord who gives life. To those who see the end of life approaching, lift up your eyes to see the risen Christ. To all whose hair is gray, whose steps are unsteady, whose eyes are dim, may your hope be strong. Take courage. The Lord is near. And God bless you. Go ahead and have a seat. I want to end with a story that um, you probably heard before. I might have told it before. I don't know, but the older I get, the more I appreciate this story. It's about a little boy who uh, had a question. He went to his sister's room, his older sister's room, and and he said, um, I've got a question that I've been wondering about. Um, can anybody really ever see God? And the big sister was like, no, you fool. That, that, that's such a silly question. Of course no one can see God. God's so far up in heaven. Nobody can really see him. Get out of my room. That afternoon, his mom's in the kitchen. And he walks in and said, Mom, I've got a question. Can anybody ever really see God? She stopped what she was doing and she knelt down and said, well, sweetie, I know this is really hard to understand when you're young, but God's a spirit and you know, he lives in our hearts, but no, we, we can't really see God. Well, he was a little bit uh, uh, appeased, but still, still had some questions. So later that afternoon, that evening, as the sun was going down, his grandfather was sitting on the front porch, sitting in a rocking chair watching the sunset. Little boy crawled up on his granddad's lap and just sat there with him for a while. And finally he said, Granddad, I wasn't going to ask anybody else this question, but I, I'm just wondering, is it, is it really possible to see God? Does anybody ever really see God? The grandfather never took his eyes off the horizon. 
just sat there for a while as the sky glowed red and the sun dipped behind a mountain and finally said, Son, it's getting to where I can't see anything else. There is a perspective as we grow older. There's a beautiful perspective that we learn and we realize as children of God. You know, we're a family, and we are not a perfect family, but we do serve a perfect God who has blessed us in amazing ways. And some of the greatest blessings that God has given us are sitting right here with us. People who have learned and understand and want to share that God has blessed them, that God has delivered them, that God has rescued them. We need to be respecting our older members. We need to be ministering with them and not just to them. We need to be learning from them so that one day we can do the same thing for those coming behind us. Bobby's got a song that we're going to use as a song of encouragement this morning. If there's something on your heart, maybe it has nothing to do with today's lesson. As a family, if there's some way that we can minister with you or pray with you, there'll be some people here at the front to meet you if you'd come and meet us here. Let's stand and sing.